Blog Talk Radio. There is a watchman on the wall, bringing forth the written word of God to one and all. Are you getting ready? Will you stand or will you fall? Listen to the watchman on the wall. Listen to the watchman on the Rise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. A new day has dawned. All over the earth, men and women are arising. It's time for the sons of God to awake. It is a day of justice, recompense, Restoration, revival, and resurrection power. Xavier, pastor of New Wine Ministries. Great to be with you today. It truly is an honor, and we have a lot of ground to cover this morning, and it's good to be with you this morning. And so I pray that God will bless your hearing and your understanding, and that God would bless me to be able to impart and present the message that I want to share with you today. And we'll get behind the scenes, and we'll talk about the reasons why we're going to be talking about this very important message. We know that we live in a very volatile world. We know that there are many biblical prophetic events taking place all around the world. We know that we come into seasons of pause, as a woman in travail pauses in the midst of her pangs, but we expect that a massive pang is about to hit this world and this nation called the United States of America. So I want to get into the biblical truth first about a very particular topic. It's something that is not new. It's been around for a long time, from the beginning of time, quite frankly. And I want to get into it today because I think it's critical because it involves billions of people. Billions of people's souls are on the line right now. And, you know, regardless of what color one's skin is, Regardless of what language one speaks in, what I have learned, whether you're tall or short, whether you're pretty or not, whether you're this or that, whether you're on the right side of the tracks, the wrong side of the tracks, whether you're wealthy or not wealthy or whatever, what I've learned in my life after 40 years, it takes some time for me to learn some stuff, 
But what I know about every single human being on this earth is that on the inside of that shell, on the inside of that short or tall, rich or poor, black or white, is a soul. And that soul is what is most precious to God. And God did not come to save our flesh. Our flesh is going to rot in the earth if the Lord delays his coming. And the maggots are going to eat the flesh of every human being, pretty or not. So what is important is the soul of a person, regardless of what they look like, whether they're male, female, whether they're bond or free, the soul is the essential issue. And it is the salvation of a soul that God is really concerned about. And so billions of souls are being weighed in the balance right now. And what is so critical is that we understand God's heart in this matter. It's going to be a very intense Bible study, and we're going to look into things that are very unpopular to a large degree. I'll tell you how unpopular it is. You see the image behind me. Uh, This was just a little downloaded image that you go to the green screens with. And I typed in prophets of God. I typed in ancient prophets. I typed in Jeremiah the prophet. I typed in Moses. Do you know this is the only green screen that I could find? Do you know what was predominant? Well, these modern day people into the new age, into witchcraft, they showed uh, Confucius, they showed uh, Asian prophets, they showed Islamic clerics. The majority of the backdrops was anything but a biblical prophet. Because today, we're going to be talking about prophets. We're going to be talking about prophets of God, prophets of Baal, Jezebel's prophets. We're going to get into some detail in Scripture. And when I was looking for just a simple backdrop, you know, one of the prophets of God, I typed in prophets of God, everything but an Old Testament biblical prophet or even a New Testament prophet, it was all this insanity because that's the world we live in. And the perception of the world about who's a true prophet of God, they'd rather put on some um, uh, Hindu or some, uh, you know, Islamic or some Buddhist, you know, prophet, somebody with the, you know, the woman with the head band on and, you know, all the guru is, but no true prophets of God. This is the only thing I could find. And just to bring a point. So today we're going to talk about prophets. And I'm going to, uh, cannot base it upon, but I was talking with a very close friend of mine yesterday. And the question came up about something that I said on Sunday. Because if you go back to Sunday's sermon, at New Wine Ministry, which you can find on YouTube or Facebook, I had mentioned uh, this issue, this topic about true prophets, false prophets, and I brought a lot of information out. And uh, my very close friend said to me yesterday, you know, how is it that you can propose that all these prophets of God that are there today, speaking of the prophets that are predominantly speaking peace and security, and Donald Trump's going to win the presidency, 
America's going to be great again. How can you say, Vincent Xavier, that they're all wrong? You know, where do you get that idea that all of these prophets, these men of God, these women of God, how could they be wrong? And obviously the other side, and how could you be right, just one man? And it was a very honest question, and I appreciated that question, and it made me really dig deep and think, you know, what audacity, what pride, what arrogance that, you know, a speck of dust would say to all these prophets of God that are prophesying America will be great again, we're going to turn it around, Uh, we're going to see Donald Trump become the president again in 2024, the midterm elections, the political climate, all these things. They're all prophesying in that direction. How could they all be wrong? So I wanted to get into a biblical theme, a biblical theme. And the first thing that I would like to present is I want to ask you a question. As I've got scriptures, I've got tons of scriptures we're going to look through. But I want to ask you a question when it comes to the prophets of God, biblically speaking. What scripture or what passage of scripture do you find? And if you could find it, I want you to present it to me. This is really important. What passage of scripture or what prophet of God that's presented in the scriptures has ever been sent by God to a nation, whether it was Israel or a foreign nation? What prophet of God was ever sent to bless the nation who rebelled and blasphemed Almighty God. I want you to to think about that. I need one, actually I need two, because everything should be established by two or three witnesses, right? So I need two or three prophets or passages of Scripture where the nation of Israel or any other foreign nation that was grossly sinning against God, that God sent a prophet and said, peace, safety, you're going to be okay, everything's going to be great. I need you to tell me two or three of them. And quite frankly, I already know the answer. There isn't one. There is not one prophet of God in Scripture that was ever sent to Israel or to another nation that was sinning terribly against God, that God would send the prophet to bless them and to talk about how it's all going to be okay. Now, I do know that after judgment, after the correction, after the prophetic warnings are fulfilled upon them, like in the days of Jeremiah, it took 70 years for them to come back and begin again. There's always a restoration in the economy of God. But we're talking right now about the prophets of America, the prophets in America that are blessing America, that are prophesying change to America, that the winds of change are coming to America, that prosperity and security and God's blessing and goodwill is upon America. I need to find two or three prophets that would ever have been sent by God to do that. To the contrary... It is always the case in Bible prophecy that false prophets went and blessed a nation that was sinning grossly against God. And they would always come in the name of the Lord. 
And there were, it was usually the majority of the prophets, as we're going to look at in Scripture right now. And so you would always find in the Bible false prophets prophesying peace and safety to a people that were sinning against the Lord. That's the way Scripture works. And I'm going to read some. I'm going to read a lot. And let's get into this. And the reason why, again, remember what I'm saying and remember why we're doing what we're doing. Billions, with a B, of souls, souls are being weighed in the balance right now. And whatever voice they follow, whatever course they take is going to determine whether it's the wide road that leads to destruction or whether it's the narrow path that leads into life. And we already know that Yeshua, Jesus, said many are on the wide road that leads to destruction and few are on the narrow path that leads to life. The majority is oftentimes wrong. It is the minority. It is that narrowness that is usually the path to what is right. I want you to keep that in mind. So without further ado, I want to make one more uh, point. Sunday, when I was preaching on the prophets, my sister Kathy and Ken, my brother Ken from... South Dakota sent me a video of Pastor David in South Dakota that was preaching verbatim the message I was preaching. In fact, I was preaching at 2 p.m. He preached his message at 10 a.m. Pastor David had come around and thought and had taught his congregation that all these people that were saying one thing about America being great and Donald Trump winning, they were wrong. That was the essence of his message. And he brought up 1 Kings chapter 22, which I'm going to go back into because it was brilliant. It was brilliant. So with that being said, I believe the Holy Spirit is speaking. And I want to go back into Scripture, and I want to take a look at what we're dealing with today. And we will flow into the New Testament. We will flow there because it's just super important that we get there. So I want to begin in Jeremiah chapter 28. And I'm going to take my time. I gave myself plenty of time. I've got a lot of work that i got to get done outside. But this is the most important work that I have to do. So I want to begin in Jeremiah chapter 28. And I want, I want to read a story. And I'm, I'm not going to read the whole story. I'll tell you most of it. But I just want to read to verse 8. Okay. So in verse 1 of Jeremiah chapter 28, it came to pass the same year. In the beginning of the reign of Zedekiah, king of Judah, in the fourth year and in the fifth month, that Hananiah, the son of Azor, the prophet, which was of Gibeon, spoke unto me in the house of the Lord, in the presence of the priests and of all the people, saying, Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts. So here's a prophet speaking, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, saying, I have broken the yoke of the king of Babylon within two full years. Now, 2024 is the election of Donald Trump. 2022, two years from now kind of thing. Uh, Within two full years will I bring again into this place all the vessels of the Lord's house that Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, took away from this place and carried them to Babylon. And I will bring again to this place Jeconiah, the son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, 
with all the captives of Judah that went into Babylon, saith the Lord, for I will break the yoke of the king of Babylon. That was the word of Hananiah. Then the prophet Jeremiah said unto the prophet Hananiah, in the presence of the priest and in the presence of all the people that stood in the house of the Lord, even the prophet Jeremiah said, Amen. The Lord do so. The Lord perform your words, which you have prophesied, to bring again the vessels of the Lord's house and all that is carried away captive from Babylon into this place. Nevertheless, hear thou now this word. I speak in your ears and in the ears of all the people, the prophets. Listen to what he's going to say now. Jeremiah says this. The prophets that have been before me and before you of old prophesied both against many countries and against great kingdoms of war and of evil and of pestilence. The prophet which prophesies of peace, when the word of the prophet shall come to pass, then shall the prophet be known that the Lord had truly sent him. What is Jeremiah saying? Jeremiah is saying that the prophets of God of old, they prophesied war, famine, pestilence to great kingdoms, including Israel. The prophet that prophesied peace, when peace came, then you knew it was a prophet of God. The prophets in America have spoken peace and safety for a long time. They've been talking about America being great for a long time. They just missed the fact that 2020 came, millions of people died, were on the edge of an economic collapse, and a black horse rider out of the book of Revelation chapter 6 of an economic imbalance Forgot to mention the control of government over all the world that was rising, which is a preview of the one world government under the satanic antichrist forces and powers. They just failed to tell us that even though they said Donald Trump was going to be the winner of the presidency in 2020, they failed to mention that God told them that, yeah, he wins, but it's going to be stolen. They just forgot that part. That's all. And so when he didn't win, some of them refused to say, I blew it. Now, the rest of the story in Genesis, or excuse me, in Jeremiah chapter 28, is that Hananiah continues to tell his lie. He presses the matter. It says in verse 10, then Hananiah the prophet, I guess I am going to read a little bit more, Hananiah the prophet took the yoke from off the prophet Jeremiah's neck and broke it. And Hananiah spoke in the presence of all the people, saying, Thus saith the Lord, even so will I break the yoke of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, from the neck of all nations within the space of two full years. And the prophet Jeremiah went his way. So Hananiah represents one of those very powerful, strong-willed, forceful speakers of it's all going to be restored. It's all coming back. The yoke is broken. America's going to be great again. And he goes very demonstrably. And then in verse 12, 
Then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet after that Hananiah the prophet had broken the yoke from off the neck of the prophet Jeremiah, saying, so here's God now speaking to Jeremiah. Go and tell Hananiah, saying, thus saith the Lord, you have broken the yokes of wood, but you shall make for them yokes of iron. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, I have put a yoke of iron upon the neck of all these nations, that they may serve Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and they shall serve him, and I have given him the beasts of the field also. Then said the prophet Jeremiah unto Hananiah the prophet, Hear now, Hananiah, the Lord has not sent you, but you make his people to trust in a lie. Hananiah, you're telling people that it's all going to turn, it's all going to get better, You're causing God's people to trust in a lie because the Lord did not send you. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, behold, I will cast thee from off the face of the earth. This year you shall die because you have taught rebellion against the Lord. Hmm. So Hananiah the prophet died the same year in the seventh month. In that economy, in that dispensation, when the true prophets of God would contend with the false prophets. And remember what a true prophet did to nations that were sinning? He prophesied of war, famine, and pestilence, and a whole host of other things. We could show, I've got some verses here. They're going to show what the true prophets of God prophesied and how it came to pass. This is where we're going to launch from, okay? This is our starting point. And you can see... In this passage, there are two kinds of prophets. One, very self-willed, very forceful, very powerful, has the attention of the masses, and one who is set apart, not popular with the people, but has a power and authority from God. In America, in the last generation, in this particularly the last decade or two, there have been movements of prophetic online prophets that have spoken peace and safety to America for over 20-some-odd years. They were preaching prosperity, they were preaching security, and they were preaching peace. Since these prophets have been prophesying, The eastern seaboard of the United States has been wiped out again and again by hurricanes, massive back-to-back-to-back hurricanes, flooding. Our country has been hit with fire. Our schools have been riddled with gun violence, massive shootings. Churches in Texas were gathering together, and people were shot and killed. And concerts in Las Vegas, people were shot and killed. And we've gone on down the list of all the things that have happened that were anything but peace and security. An Islamic terrorist many years ago killed a 54-year-old woman in Oklahoma by cutting her head off. We forget these things. We've had massive terrorism in our country where uh, 2,997 people were killed in one day on 9-11. We have witnessed F-5 tornadoes, F-4 tornadoes. We have witnessed the ripping to shreds of people's lives. 
And yet the prophets continued to prophesy peace and safety to America and made themselves rich for telling the people what they wanted to hear. Now, they also continued to prophesy in 2016, 17, 18, 19, Donald Trump's going to win the election. And not only did Donald Trump not win the election, but the whole world went into bondage from pestilence that nobody spoke about. And I just wonder why the prophets who were prophesying a victorious election and everything being great again, why God didn't tell them that a pandemic was coming? You ever stop and ask yourself that question? Why didn't God, the, 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 the speaker of the true prophets, tell them that this was going to happen? And yet there are those unknown, unpopular prophets of God that days before the COVID-19 thing came upon this nation, they were speaking it. Only an evil is coming, and evil is coming. Yes, the unpopular prophets had the word of the Lord. But the popular prophets that were speaking in the name of the Lord, I just always wonder, why didn't God tell them that Joe Biden was going to win the election? Why didn't God tell them that a pandemic and evil was going to come that you would not be able to put off? Why? And that pandemic is still here today. They've never put it off. Why didn't God tell them that? Did you ever ask yourself that question? I have many times. Why would God send prophets to America to prophesy blessing, peace, security, and prosperity when the nation they're prophesying to has slaughtered 90 million innocent babies in the womb? have legislated and endorsed the homosexual transgender agenda in America, have been caught in the pedophile rings all over the country from Disneyland to Epstein's pedophile island, who have been more corrupt and out of Hollywood, the belly of the beast, blasphemy has gone forward against God. How does God send prophets to bless a nation that does such things? He doesn't. And who are these prophets? What is this? What are we dealing with today? All right, I want to go to 1 Kings chapter 22. 1 Kings chapter 22. Let's let the word of God speak for itself. And what I'm going to have to do here, I apologize, but I'm going to go this way. And uh, let's open this up. Okay, so 1 Kings chapter 22. And we're just going to read a little bit of the story, and I'm going to begin in verse 1. I'm going to begin in verse 1. I've got to tell the whole story. I've got time. 1 Kings chapter 22, verse 1, they continued three years without war between Syria and Israel. And it came to pass in the third year that Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, came down to the king of Israel. And the king of Israel said unto his servants, Know ye that Ramoth in Gilead is ours? And this is what Pastor David was speaking about in South Dakota on Sunday. And he's talking about, do you not know that Ramoth in Gilead is ours, and we be still, and take it not out of the hands of the king of Syria? And he said unto Jehoshaphat, Wilt thou go with me to battle to Ramoth Gilead? And Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, I am as you are, my people as thy people, my horses as your horses. And Jehoshaphat said unto the king of Israel, Inquire, I pray thee, at the word of the Lord today. So Ahab and Jehoshaphat, right, these guys are coming together, and they're making a confederacy to go against Syria 
to take what they believe is theirs. That's what's going on. But they want to inquire. Then the king of Israel gathered the prophets together. All right, so you have the king of Israel. You have Jehoshaphat, king of Judah. You have these, these two kings. They're all gathering together to go against Syria. So they gather the prophets together, about 400 men. All right, 400 prophets gathered before the kings. And they said unto them, Shall I go against Ramoth Gilead to battle, or shall I forbear? I'm just answering the question, how could all these men and women of God be wrong and one man be right? Well, I just want to show you some biblical background here. Shall I go or forbear? And they said, the 400, go up, for the Lord shall deliver it unto the hand of the king. And Jehoshaphat said, Is there not here a prophet of the Lord besides that we might inquire of him? 400 prophets were speaking to these kings about going and winning. We're going to win. We're going to take it back. It belongs to us. And the king of Israel said, Jehoshaphat, there is yet one man, Micaiah, the son of Imlah, by whom we may inquire of the Lord, but I hate him. For he does not prophesy good concerning me, but evil. I hate him. And Jehoshaphat said, let not the king say so. Come on. Then the king of Israel called an officer and said, hasten hither Micaiah, the son of Imlah. And the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, sat each on his throne, having put on their robes in a void place in the entrance of the gate of Samaria. And the prophets prophesied before them. So here they are. They're sitting in their royal robes, and all 400 prophets are prophesying, you're going to win. And Zedekiah, the son of Kaniah, made him horns of iron. And he said, Thus saith the Lord, with thee shalt thou push the Syrians until thou have consumed them. So here's one of those radical, let's make horns of iron and let's demonstrate like Hananiah did, right, with the yoke. Verse 12, and all the prophets prophesied so, all 400, saying, Go up to Ramoth Gilead and prosper, for the Lord shall deliver it into the king's hand. Now the messenger that was gone to call Micaiah, spoke unto him, saying, Behold now, come on, Micaiah, the words of the prophets declare good unto the king with one mouth. That means all 400 are in accord. Let your word, I pray thee, be like the word of one of them, and speak that which is good. And Micaiah said, As the Lord liveth, what the Lord saith unto me, that will I speak. So he came to the king, and the king said unto him, Micaiah, shall we go against Ramoth Gilead to battle, or shall we forbear? And he answered him, go and prosper, for the Lord shall deliver it into the hand of the king. He said exactly what the other 400 prophets said. The king said unto him, how many times shall I adjure thee that thou tell me nothing but that which is true in the name of the Lord? Gee, how did the king know? And he said, this is what Micaiah said. I saw 
all Israel, scattered upon the hills, as sheep that have not a shepherd. And the Lord said, These have no master. Let them return every man to his house in peace. And the king, so he's telling them a vision, okay, what the Lord said, what he saw. And because he's saying, you're going to die if you go to this battle. And the king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat, did I not tell you that he would prophesy no good concerning me but evil? And he said, hear thou therefore the word of the Lord. Now Micaiah is speaking. Listen carefully. Hear now the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne and all the host of heaven standing by him on his right hand and on his left. What a vision. And the Lord said, who shall persuade Ahab that he may go up and fall at Ramoth Gilead? This is Micaiah saying, I saw this. And one said on this manner, and another said on that manner, the host of heaven before the Lord. And there came forth a spirit and stood before the Lord and said, I will persuade him. And the Lord said unto him, wherewith or how? And he said, I will go forth and I will be a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. Wow. I will be a lying spirit in the mouth of all Ahab's prophets. And he said, this is the Lord, thou shalt persuade him and prevail also. Go forth and do so. Now, therefore, Micaiah says, behold, the Lord, has put a lying spirit in the mouth of all these thy prophets, all 400 of them. And the Lord has spoken evil concerning you. What a testament. What an absolute story. And I'm not going to stop here. I want to go a little further. But I need you to get this. I need you because your soul, is being weighed in the balance today as all of our souls and the souls of the whole human race. What our souls need to hear in the present climate of what's going on in America and around the world is not this kind of peace and security and prosperity talk. It needs to hear repentance and warning against the wickedness that is going on in our country, and in the churches within our country and around the world. That's what this is all about. But I wanted to answer my friend's question by saying, here is a biblically-based story about how 400 prophets could be deceived and become a lying spirit in order to deal with the king. This is powerful. This is a testimony. This is a testimony. And if we think today when Jesus said, which we're going to get into some scripture, so I'm, going to, I'm, going to get out, I'm not going to get ahead of myself. I'm going to read verse 24. So after Micaiah had spoken this, the one man, as opposed to the 400, the one man spoke the truth. That represents 
a prophetic ministry of God in the earth today and it is singular in their voice of knowing really what prophets will always say in a climate like ours, war, famine, and pestilence. Now, verse 24, but Zedekiah, the son of Kenaiah, went near and smote Micaiah on the cheek, whacked him, and said, which way went the spirit of the Lord from me to speak unto you? And Micaiah said, behold, you shall see in that day when thou shalt go into an inner chamber to hide yourself. He's prophesying what this guy is going to do. He's going to be hiding himself in a chamber. And the king of Israel said, take Micaiah, or take Micaiah, so this is the king now, after hearing that word, take Micaiah, carry him back to Amon, the governor of the city, and to Joash, the king's son, and say, thus saith the king, put this fellow in the prison, feed him with the bread of affliction, and with water of affliction, until I come in peace. So the response of the king's who are under the impression of the 400 lying prophets, is to take the one true prophet of God, put him in prison, and feed him the bread and water of affliction until I come in peace. And then Micaiah said, if you return at all in peace, the Lord has not spoken by me. And he said, hearken, O people, every one of you. I'm going to stop there. The story goes on. Ahab goes out to battle. And he's killed, just like Micaiah said. But this is a story to bring forth a witness and a testimony to where we are in our present climate. But I don't want to stop here. I want to go to Isaiah chapter 5. And I just want to read of a few things that were said here as well. Isaiah chapter 5. And we'll start in verse 5. Isaiah 5. And now go to. This is Isaiah chapter 5, verse 5. And now go to, I will tell you what I will do to my vineyard. I will take away the hedge thereof, and it shall be eaten up, and break down the wall thereof, and it shall be trodden down. And I will lay it waste. It shall not be pruned nor digged, but there shall come up briars and thorns. I will also command the clouds that they rain no rain upon it. For the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel, the United States of America today, and the men of Judah, his pleasant plant. And he looked for judgment, but behold, oppression, for righteousness, but behold, a cry. Why am I reading that? This is an example of what the true prophets of God would speak to a nation that sinned against the Lord. He planted grapes, but it brought forth wild grapes. You can go back and get a little testimony. Whenever a nation sins against God, God never blesses it. God never speaks, speaks peace and safety and prosperity. He'll send the strength of the true prophets to speak the words of God against that nation and warn it to turn. And if they don't turn, the, the judgments that have been decreed fall upon it. Now, that's what has been happening to America in our generation. True prophets of God, like David Wilkerson, like Dimitri Dudeman, 
like other men of God who have spoken warnings, were the separated ones from the majority that were preaching prosperity, getting big stages, limelights, and a lot of cash for speaking what they spoke. They had buildings erected for them, the prophet's house. They had surrounded themselves with the prosperity message, but they're dead now. I'm I'm just making a point, and someone's saying, mocking spirit. Let me tell you something about a mocking spirit. Elijah mocked the prophets of Baal and Jezebel. He mocked them to shame. And I believe that God is about to mock, once again, the majority of the prophets in America that are preaching a Donald Trump victory, who are preaching America will be great again, who are preaching the winds of change. But by the time their message fails, they will have already been made rich by the tens of thousands that they're drawing to their side. And they will go away and spend their money and live out the rest of their lives, but their words will not come to pass. Because you cannot biblically speak prosperity and blessing and blame those people over there for stealing the election Why didn't God tell you that was going to happen? You can't do that to a nation that sheds bloods, watch pornography, are involved in every kind of filthy thing in the world and in the church, in America particularly. You can't do it. It will be mocked. It will be deeply mocked by God. God says in Proverbs chapter 1, I will mock you when your calamity comes because you would not choose the fear of the Lord. And you would not do his counsel. This is important. And I'm begging God to wake up our nation. I'm begging God to wake up the church in America. And I'm begging God to wake up our little ecclesia. And wherever this influence goes around. To wake people up. Why? Because you've seen the false prophets seduce the people of God into error. And when the people of God go into error, they get part of the judgment. And I'm just bringing biblical facts out. Biblical facts of what is happening in the world and what the Bible actually says. That's all I'm doing. Now, there's another scripture, and I want to go, and I, I have a note here, from Adam, in other words, from the very beginning, to John the Baptist. All true prophets spoke warnings to wicked societies. The axe is laid to the root of the trees, said John the Baptist. Repentance from evil and wickedness is the true prophet's assignment. Elijah was to turn the children of Israel back to God not just rally a political movement to make America great again or Israel great again. Let's make Israel great again. Israel's not great today in the Middle East. And we could go into that detail a little bit later. Let me go to a few other scriptures in the New Testament here. I want to read out of Jeremiah chapter, well, let's go a few more in this Old Testament. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 5. Let's go there. 
I've got all the notes. Let's let's see what they say. Jeremiah chapter 5, verse 30. Now, this is something very, very important, okay? Because this is the climate. This is the climate. You got to get the climate in this. In Jeremiah 5.30, the prophet said, a wonderful and horrible thing. Not wonderful and wow, that's wonderful. No, just like a wonder. Oh, my God. A wonderful and horrible thing is committed in the land. Ooh, what could that be? The prophets prophesy falsely, and the priests bear rule by their means. And my people love to have it so. And what will you do in the end thereof? The prophets prophesy falsely, and my people love it. Mm. That's heavy. That's heavy. Tell me what? Well, let's go look at it. Jeremiah 14. Jeremiah chapter 14, verse 14. Listen to this. I hope you're studying along with me. Then the Lord said unto me, The prophets prophesy lies in my name. I sent them not, neither have I commanded them, neither spoke unto them. They prophesy unto you a false vision and divination and a thing of naught and the deceit of their heart. You see, the prophets today who are speaking to our nation about revival and a great outpouring of the Holy Spirit and America's going to be great again and Donald Trump's going to win and all the bad people are going to jail. It's not the word of the Lord. It's not happening. They said it was going to happen. It didn't happen. And rather than repenting and addressing their, their words, They continue to press because they don't want to be wrong. That's the spirit of pride. And it's still not any better. But it's got the people loving it because that's their hope to make America great. But what is the real vision? Judgment. Destruction. War. Economic collapse. People traveling throughout this nation with no food and no water. Nuclear weapons being detonated in cities of America burning on fire for the righteous judgment of God. That's the vision of war, famine, pestilence that the true prophets of God prophesy to a nation that blasphemes and rebels against Almighty God, including people in the church who love to hear the false prophets prophesy lies. Why is that? Isn't that kind of eerie? Isn't that kind of scary that God's people love to hear false prophets prophesy false visions for the country? And then my friend said, how could it be that all these prophets are wrong? Well, go back to 1 Kings 22, and you could see how a lying spirit in the mouth of 400 prophets is how it works. To an obstinate, rebellious, unrepentant nation an obstinate, rebellious, unrepentant church, wherein the very best of them are briars. 
Verse 15 of Jeremiah 14 went on to say, Therefore thus saith the Lord concerning the prophets that prophesy in my name, and I sent them not, yet they say, Sword and famine shall not be in this land. By sword and famine shall those prophets and famine, or by sword and famine shall those prophets be consumed. And the people to whom they prophesy shall be cast out in the streets of Jerusalem, the cities. Because of the famine and the sword, and they shall have none to bury them, their wives, nor their sons, nor their daughters, for I will pour their wickedness upon them. You know what that vision is? That's God's vision to a rebellious nation. You're not going to have prosperity and peace. You're going to be dying in your streets, kind of like 2020. Man, was that a wake-up call. If the prophets of God, who were true prophets of God, would speak the words of God and have put their energy into warning the nation, they would have risked not becoming rich and having a big following and having a name and a reputation and the force of these iron things, and wow, that sounds so amazing. But if they would have done what God told them to do and spoke warning, 400 prophets of God speaking judgment and saying every judgment that's hitting this nation is the righteous judgment of God, but they wouldn't do that. They said, ah, that's just nature. But if they would have, maybe our nation would be a little different. Maybe the church would be unpopular with the world which would have been perfect because every true prophet of God has been unpopular with the society they prophesied the righteous judgment of God to. And the church is so desperate to be accepted by the world and popular with the world and become like them and so, whoa, that it's embarrassing. And yet these are the prophets. Well, let's go on to a little bit more this is Ezekiel chapter 13. In Ezekiel chapter 13, verse 1, And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, prophesy against the prophets of Israel. And that prophesy. So he's telling Ezekiel, the one, to prophesy against the prophets and say thou unto them that prophesy out of their own hearts, out of their own hearts, prophesy to them that prophesy out of their own hearts. Hear ye the word of the Lord, thus saith the Lord God. Woe unto the foolish prophets that follow their own spirit and have seen nothing. So they're following an imagination out of their own spirit, out of their own heart. O Israel, your prophets are like the foxes in the deserts. You have not gone up into the gaps, neither made up the hedge for the house of Israel to stand in the battle in the day of the Lord. They have seen vanity and lying divination 
saying, the Lord saith, and the Lord has not sent them. And they have made others to hope that they would confirm the word. See, again, the souls of billions of people are being weighed in the balance today because the false prophets who are prophesying a false vision out of their own spirit, not the word of the Lord, they are causing others to trust in their word. And the people love it. Verse 7, have you not seen a vain vision? And have ye not spoken a lying divination? Whereas you say, the Lord saith it, albeit I have not spoken. The vain vision of America being great again is that, is vain. The vain visions of revival and all this stuff, it's a vain vision. It's not what the true prophets of God would have spoken to a society like ours. Verse 8, therefore thus saith the Lord God, because you have spoken vanity and seen lies, therefore behold, I'm against you, saith the Lord God. And my hand shall be upon the prophets that see vanity and that divine lies. They shall not be in the assembly of my people, neither shall they be written in the writing of the house of Israel. Their names aren't in the book of life. Neither shall they enter into the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord God, because even because they have seduced my people, saying, Peace. And there was no peace. And one built up a wall, and lo, others daubed it. They put a false security. A wall represents salvation and security. So one prophet built up a wall, and lo, others daubed it with their untempered mortar, their own vision, their own lies. Say unto them which daub it with untempered mortar that it shall fall. Their false vision, their false security, their prosperity message, their false peace, it will fall. There shall be an overflowing shower, and ye, O great hailstones, shall fall and a stormy wind shall rend it. Lo, when the wall is fallen, shall it not be said unto you, where is the daubing wherewith you have daubed it? Where's your vision? Where's your promise of peace and security and safety and prosperity? Where is it? The people should already be asking that question today after what we've gone through and what we're in, but they're not. They're just tuned in to the 400 prophets. They can't hear anything else. They can't figure. How could these men of God and these women of God be wronged? Showing you how it works. It's God's word. Now, he also prophesies against the women prophets. Let me just finish up in verse 17. Ezekiel 13, 17, Likewise, thou son of man, set your face against the daughters of your people, which prophesy out of their own heart, and prophesy thou against them, and say, Thus saith the Lord God, Woe to the women that sew pillows to all armholes, and make kerchiefs upon the head of every stature to hunt souls. Yeah, the women prophetesses, they turn into witches when you tell the truth. Is the truth. They're more witches than they are prophetesses. But they've they've hunt the souls of people. Will you hunt the souls of my people? 
by your prophesying peace and safety? Will you save the souls alive that come unto you? So you get a following, you're going to save their souls by your false message? Tough word. Man, tough word. If you're a woman that claims to be a prophet, you better be very careful with what you're saying and be careful of that seduction and causing God's people to go to error and gathering people to you. So why? You could get some money to pay your bills? It's exactly what they were doing. It says in 19, and will you pollute me among my people for handfuls of barley and for pieces of bread to stay the souls that should not die and to save the souls alive that should not live by your lying to my people that hear your lies? I got to take this call. Good morning. Hey, Jeff Brown, how are you, sir? Oh, you are? Okay. Um, I will get somebody to open the gate. I'm about 30 minutes out. Do you need me there on site? Okay. All right, Jeff. Excellent. I'll get that gate. Oh, you know what you do? Just press the number 7777-SEND. 7777-SEND. And that'll open the gate and you just go straight ahead. You'll see the trench. All right. Thank you, Jeff. Bye. So, sorry about that. A lot of information, but it all changes in just a little bit. So, again, the women were doing what? The women were making money by prophesying lies, the same problem that was going on in other places. And that's the word. That's what's there. Um, Another scripture in Isaiah chapter 30. Isaiah chapter, I'm glad I don't have to leave right now. Isaiah chapter 30. And here's what we read, beginning in verse 8. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 8. Now go, write it before them in a table, and note it in a book, that it may be for the time to come forever and ever. All right, this is really important prophecy. That this is a rebellious people, Lying children, children that will not hear the law of the Lord, which say to the seers, see not, and to the prophets, prophesy not unto us right things, speak unto us smooth things, prophesy deceits. Now, he was told to write this down in a book for the time to come that the people will actually say to the prophets, prophesy deceit. (whistles) Say to the seers, stop seeing. Speak smooth things. They'll say, get you out of the way, turn aside out of the path, cause the Holy One of Israel to cease from before us. Wherefore, thus saith the Holy One of Israel, because you despise this word, and trust in oppression and perverseness, and stay thereon. Therefore, I believe this is prophetic for right now, this iniquity shall be to you as a breach ready to fall, swelling out in a high wall, whose breaking cometh suddenly at an instant, and he shall break it as the breaking of the potter's vessel that is broken in pieces. He shall not spare, 
so that there shall not be found in the bursting of it a sherd to take fire from the earth or to take water without of the pit. In other words, a massive judgment is going to hit. Heavy duty, heavy, heavy duty. Let's carry that word to 2 Timothy chapter 4. Let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 4. Here we're going to get into some New Testament. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3 and 4. Here's what we read. New Testament. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. And that's what you're hearing today are fables, fairy tales, deceit, false visions. I'm just saying what the Word of God says. Are you going to be angry at me for just saying what the Word of God says? It's God's word, unpopular as it is. This is a dangerous time for people to have their minds over here when God is over here. It's a dangerous time to be putting your hope in a lie. It is a dangerous time to be listening to prophets of deceit. Excuse me. Yes, sir. No, no, not necessarily. Uh, I, I put that out for you. Correct. Yes, sir. That's what we planned on doing. Yeah. God bless you. Well, that was already in it. And what I was doing was I, I put up a, a fresh wall where I had all my tractors in there. And that one 200-amp box was going to the warehouse, the little house, and the garage. And it wasn't enough amperage because it also feeds our RV in the back. So what I was doing, everything was there. The plumbing was there. The bathroom was there. The bedroom was there. The office was there. Um, so that was there. So what I'm doing is just kind of upgrading it, doing a, a refreshing, because that's going to be a little parsonage um, for the pastors. So um, that's kind of the work we've been doing there. But it was already existing. No, I mean that the electrical power was going into it. If there was all. Yeah, the plumbing was already there. There was a bathroom, and they're just kind of redoing that plumbing. And the... No, sir, I did not. I thought it already existed. So... Be... Right, but I thought I was allowed to do that. Is that not correct?
I didn't know that, Jeff. I had no idea. I thought because it was already there, we already had plumbing, we already had electricity, we already had all that, that I, I had the right to, yeah. Well, I, I, I just heard you. I just heard you. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's, um, I was planning on getting that done as well. So, um, gosh. Okay, okay. Okay. She said everybody could hear what information you're giving out, and you shouldn't be really doing that. I see. Okay. So, okay, gotcha. All right. I am right in the middle of a radio broadcast, Jeff. I will um, finish up here and... um, Gosh. Okay. I, I I will call you back, Lord willing. Maybe I could talk to you a little bit more in just a couple hours if that's okay. Okay. But the, as far as the trench is concerned, I could put the dirt back in there and get that done. Okay. Thank you, sir. All right. I will be in touch. I'll give you a call back. All right. Thank you, Jeff. Bye-bye. All right. Sorry about that. I know uh, we're, we're doing a little trench work and I need some stuff to get done. It's all good. Everything is good. Everything is good. We get to cover our dirt up in our trench. We have electrical power. And that's what was important. So let me continue to do what I have to do here and this very unpopular message that's going on. And <laughs> It's all good. It's all good. So 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, after just hearing about people turning away from the truth, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, and unholy. So let me me just give you some taste of real-life things that are going on right now. We're moving towards a time in the economy of Scripture where you will not be able to buy or sell without the mark of the beast. Is that correct? Is that what we read about? It's true. And so right now to dig a trench, to put some electrical lines in there, to run power to an already existing building, you get all this controversy going on. And they're, you know, they want permission for everything. You have to have permission or a permit. So we got it. Thank you, Lord, for what we really needed it. But now we have to take another step. And I'm all good with that while we can get it all done now before we step into an environment that you just won't be able to. So this is good. All things work together for good for those who love God. But the vision that we're talking about, what Scripture is talking about, is what will be. One vision is for the prosperity, the blessing, the peace, which is totally contrary to biblical Scripture 
the further judgments to hit the nation, because we've seen a progressive level of judgment hit the nation, and it increases. And I always go back to Leviticus chapter 26 to see the levels of judgment that God sends upon a nation that won't turn. So I don't expect to see the blessing that they're saying. I do expect to see God's word fulfilled, and that's all good. So now, where, what did Jesus say? In Matthew chapter 24, here's what he said, and this is where it's important for all of us. Matthew chapter 24. God is good. God is good. So Matthew 24, and Brother Denny, uh, Pastor Denny, brought this up in our service on Sunday. And again, this is brilliant. Matthew 24, 11. Here's what Jesus said concerning the last days. He said, many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. And then in verse 23 Then if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or there, believe it not. For there shall arise false Christs and false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. Behold, I have told you before. So here Jesus is talking to us. Let's go to Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17 and verse 21. Luke 17, 21. These are the words of Jesus Christ. Neither shall they say, lo here or lo there, for behold, the kingdom of God is within you. The days will come when you shall desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man and shall not see it. And they shall say to you, see here or see there, go not after them nor follow them. The point there is Jesus is referring to a time where things are going to be so restricted People are going to long for just one of the days of the Lord, and they won't find it. And this, to me, says you have to get prepared. If you're following the vain visions and are not preparing for the level of control that is coming on this earth and the principality and the power, if you're not getting yourself prepared the way that God instructs you to do it, by following the false vision, you will get stuck in the trap. This is the danger. This is the danger of the message we're talking about. God's people being seduced. God's people heaping to themselves teachers, having itching ears, tell me what I want to hear, prophesy deceit, tell me smooth things. It goes on and on and on. And then the prophets seduce the people into lies. Is that New Testament? Could that possibly be? You're reading about it here. How about 1 John chapter 4? 1 John chapter 4. So we go to 1 John, one of the epistles, and we read 1 John chapter 4, beginning in verse 1. 1 John chapter 4, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world, hereby know ye the Spirit of God. 
every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof you have heard that it should come, and even now already is it in the world. So there are many Antichrists. The spirit of Antichrist was in the world 2,000 years ago, and the spirit of Antichrist is in the world today, and the Antichrist spirit shall manifest into a physical form upon this earth. And that's the time that we are living in, according to the word. Now, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, talking further about the false prophets in the New Testament. 2 Thessalonians, very you know, familiar passage, chapter 2, beginning in verse 9. Even him, speaking of this Antichrist, whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power, and signs, and lying wonders, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion, he'll put a lying spirit into the mouth of 400 prophets, that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believe not the truth, but have pleasure in unrighteousness. This is the climate of our world today. And finally, Revelation chapter 13. Revelation chapter 13, beginning in verse 13. He exercises, verse 12, this beast exercises all the power of the first beast before him, and causes the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast, whose deadly wound was healed. And he does great wonders, so that he makes fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men, and deceives them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast which had the wound by a sword and did live. All right, so what are we reading here? Let's just kind of take all the ingredients of all the scripture, of all the passages that we've spoken about today, and just bring them into center. And what is it from beginning to end? False prophets are in the world today and are in this country today, and they are prophesying a false vision of restoration and revival and prosperity and peace Here's how I would like to conclude. Because there has to be an answer, right? And let me bring a little balance to the message now. To the uncompromisingly righteous remnant that exists in the present atmosphere of this environment, in the kingdom of God, in Jesus Christ, For those who are righteous, the blessing of the Lord has come into the lives of those who love the Lord. What was that blessing? God protects them. They have peace in their hearts. They're walking in truth. They're walking in light. They have wisdom to prepare. They know what's coming. That's a blessing to know what's coming. 
and then preparing for it, getting ahead of it. That's really a great blessing from the Lord. What needs to happen? Because a lot of, we hear in scripture all the time, come out of her, my people, be separate, touch not the unclean thing. So then what do you do? How do you live? We know it's right. We know the call is right. Get ready for the collapse of society. But what do you do? I believe that God's people should stop giving all the energy. They should stop giving all their money. They should stop giving all their resources and all their time to America. Blasphemous America. Rebellious America. Ungodly America. Wicked America. That has infiltrated every sector of our society. And has trampled down righteousness and good. And promotes every evil and wicked thing. Okay? Stop giving them the money, the time, the power, the energy, the resources. It's like the children of Israel making bricks for the Egyptian empire to build its pyramids. What should happen is those who know the truth about what's going on in the world today and the judgment that is and is continuing to come and the ultimate wipeout of all these things, what should happen is the righteous people should gather together and start building their own schools, their own hospitals. They should build everything in a secession, they should secede against the evil federal government and the evil Supreme Court of the United States. They should secede, like Texas, like Arkansas, like Oklahoma, Missouri, and others. They should separate and say, we don't want your federal money. We don't want your federal grants. We, the people of the United States, are now going to go with what we have, and we're going to build our own. We're going to have our own armies. We're going to have our own police force. We're going to have our own banking system. We're going to have our own stuff. That's something you can do. Is it a little late? Coming into a world you can't buy or sell in their system. But what if God's people, little groups, say a group of 100, got together and they just, in their own little community, lived off their own resources? What if groups of 5,000 or 10,000 pooled their resources, started their own banking system, sharing, giving, the biblical way, not charging interest to your brother? What if we did it the right way? You know, the early church in the book of Acts did exactly that. They had all things common. They lived together. Nobody touched them. The fear of the Lord was against, you know, people were terrified because of the glory of God that was in that early church in the book of Acts. As it was in the beginning, so shall it be in the end. Why do we continually allow ourselves to be subject to powers that will eventually be controlled by Antichrist and find ourselves in a real mess? There's got to be places where governmental powers that are Antichrist, and I'm not saying what happened here was Antichrist at all. I think it's great. Um, you know, I, I like some things that were being said, and I can explain that later. But this, what happens when the bad stuff comes? Get out in front of it. If you belong to a church, do you have a community of believers you belong to? Isn't it time to start thinking about how it should all work together? 
And you need a place or you need to be interactive in the place that you are. If you live in a city or a town, you can still make trade, grow food. Who's going to grow the food? Who's going to make the clothes? Who's going to do the, the medicine? Who's going, to, who's going to do the surgeries? So that means are there doctors in the body of Christ? Are there lawyers in the body of Christ to settle disputes? You should use the least among you. Uh, are there dentists in the body of Christ? Are there food growers in the body of Christ? Are there people that know how to jar food in the body of Christ to preserve it? You know, what can you do in your community? And yet you have to do it in a way where you're not subject to the federal government or even state government if they become abusive in their power. The control that's everywhere, God told us would come. So what we're saying is we're afraid to do anything against them. Right now, being subject to uh, the local laws in Arkansas, I have no problem with to a degree. It's getting a little bit different, um, you know, to make sure that things are done right. I don't have a problem with that in this climate. But there's a climate coming in the true vision of God upon this nation that will be different. And I advocate what the word of God says in the community of God where the people have their own community. And there should be communities all over this country and there should be communities all over this world of God's people. And it's not going to happen all at once. It's not going to happen for many are going to be martyred and many are going to be persecuted and many are going to get caught and many are going to be in the tribulation period and they're going to have to lay their lives down or they're going to have to pay a price we're going to have to be on the run. We're going to be hiding. It's going to happen. It's happened in the New Testament. They hid in caves and in dens of the earth. God's people, who the world wasn't worthy of in the book of Hebrews. A lot to digest. A lot to digest. What are we to do with all this evidence, all that we've put together today? And I was going to read two more things, but I, I think... I need to get rolling here. Second Peter chapter 2, verses 1 to 16, you should read it. Jude, verses 1 through 7, you should read it. So let's go back here and just see uh, how things are going on our blog talk radio. Um, whether or not we were getting through a blog talk, I don't know. But uh, this is the word. Let me say hello to some of our friends in the chat room this morning. Looks like I see some new names. Uh, World of Nobody, good morning, Pastor, good morning, uh, Terry, I believe it is, God bless you, Jeff Bass, Pastor Jeff, good morning, Pastor Vincent, great to see you back in the saddle, smile, <laughs> or are you smiling, I don't know, I uh, love you, Pastor Jeff, God bless you, Kevin Halger, good morning, Pastor Vince, good morning, Kevin, all right, Carol Page, good morning, Pastor V, good to see you again, thank you, uh, Melissa Fletcher, Pastor Melissa, good morning, church, Praise God. Good morning, Pastor Melissa. Jay Grassel, enjoy your message, Pastor Vincent. Thank you, Jay Grassel. God bless you. Uh, Joshua Morris, preach. All right, Josh, we're doing the best we can. Uh, Atkins Babatunde, God restore my destiny. Yes, our destiny is secure in Christ. I get that. And so is the blessing of the Lord. Cindy Messman, good morning, Pastor Vincent Xavier. Good morning, Cindy. Hallelujah, we sure do miss those beautiful blessings that we used to get on the front porch. Oh, we miss our neighbors. All right, uh, Shirley Woolsey, good morning, church. Good morning, Shirley from Texas. 
surely go tell Texas to secede from all this nonsense, okay? Uh, World of Materi says, I've been a proponent for Arkansas taking its surplus taxes and stock silver. Then the state can issue state currency against it. Used to be commonplace. Hmm, sounds pretty good to me. Jody Keene, Elon the Savior. Ah, Elon Musk is going to buy Twitter, I think. I think that's what Jody's relying to. World of nobody, climate coming is why we need constitutional sheriffs willing to stand against state and federal government. Amen. Let's get them. Find them. Robin Jones, this message is 100%. All right, Robin Jones, thank you so much for that. Um, Not sure what happened on the blog talk radio. I'm pretty sure we were going through loud and clear, weren't we? Blog talk radio. Yeah, we should be. All right, so that's it for today. Okay, so we have a beautiful message for Laquita, for anybody that is of going to stock food. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> see how it works. Um, all right. So always enjoy the truth from our friend, uh, Shirley. God bless you, sir, Shirley. Folks, I got to get rolling. I want to leave you with one special thought today. If you are thinking about how do I get through all this? What do I do? I'm, I'm a little confused. Which way do I go in my life right now? I, I'm dealing with some other stuff. There's a number on the screen right now that you could call for prayer. If you need prayer for anything, and things get kind of turmoilous at times, don't they? Maybe you heard the message today and you thought, well, now I'm confused. Rather than being confused, pray. Bring it before the Lord. Listen to it again. See if there's anything that I need to adjust, that I need to change. It was a very unique broadcast. I had to take a call, but the message doesn't change. The message is true. It's biblical. You're afraid. You have a problem with your health. You're struggling in a relationship or your finances are in trouble and you love God and you serve the Lord, or maybe there's sin in your life. You're having a hard time getting through. You need intercession. You need prayer. If you're a seeker, God's hands are open wide. Call the number on the screen, 479-233-3774. Call for prayer. There are people on the other side of that telephone line that will help you and will pray for you. The number again, 479-233-3774. Call that number any time of day. Leave a text message. They'll get back with you. We all need prayer. That's our message for today. Lord willing, we'll see you tomorrow. If not, we'll see you soon. There'll always be a board out there that lets people know whether or not we're going to be on the air. So God bless you. Stay the course. Study. Stay in the word of God. And know that even though the world will be shaken in the economy of God, we have a firm foundation. Even though the Bible says famine will hit the earth, we will have plenty. There is a kingdom economy. We have to tap into it. And we need to do it personally, and we need to do it corporately. Time is running out. Time is ticking down. It's weird in the environment. Anything could happen. A lot of witchcraft, a lot of deception, a lot of evil, a lot of delusion, 
Stay in the word of God. Stay close to the heart of Jesus. Love the body of Christ. And pray. Maybe one of the great prayers we could pray is that God would send the spirit of truth into the mouth of people that haven't been honest. Your soul is being weighed in the balance, as is mine. What is true? The Bible, I believe, is clear. What is true? My soul, at the end of the day, being with God is the only thing that matters. I pray that our message is a blessing and a benefit to your soul, not to strike fear, condemnation, gloom or doom, but to warn, if you're not right with God, you need to get right with God. If you're not walking with the Lord, you need to walk with the Lord. If you're not obeying the instructions of the new covenant, you need to obey the instructions of the new covenant. If you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit to have eternal life. If there's bitterness, resentment, pride, jealousy, arrogance, any kind of sin in your life, works of the flesh are always there. Reckon yourself to be dead indeed and start living in the light of his glory. Your soul at the end of the day will matter more than your children, more than your grandchildren, more than your spouse, more than your family, more than your job, more than your money, more than anything. Your soul is the only thing that matters. And this message is designed to bless your soul, to get the confusion out of the mind, to look at things through a biblical lens and look and say, wait, I better be careful what I'm following. All these people are saying peace and safety and security and God's blessing, but look at the atmosphere and the climate and the environment. Hmm, I better start paying attention to my soul getting cleaned up before the Lord walking with people that are walking in righteousness and are even preparing for what the Bible says is going to become a reality. I pray that you're so connected to Jesus that you understand that this message is not a message of fear, but a message of faith and a time to possess the reins of divine power and walk in the integrity of the scriptures. People in the last days are going to lose it. They're going to start acting really strange. May we all have a spirit of caution, and may we all be prepared. That's all I have to share with you right now, folks. We love you. God bless you. Have a super abundant, blessed day until we meet again. This is Pastor Vincent Xavier. Shalom.